0: Sure, Cheers, my friend. Morning, Thank you for uh, sitting back down with me. And why not, right off the top, why don't you just remind folks who you are and where they can find your content online.
1: Happy to be here. My name is Michael Lasley. I am the Chief Content Director for Illinois News Joint. Uh, we post a new Illinois product review every day. We also cover the politics and the culture, and we have a bustling event calendar. Um, so, yeah. And keeping things right there, but also covering all kinds of other things on my own uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me on there.
2: Yeah,
0: and not to single out Oregon, Oregonics or whatever, but wow, what a name for a product—the Superboof. Yeah, and I only yeah, say that because a, it's like somebody had to be like,
1: "That's a that's a that's a it's having its year, man."
0: Oh, is it like a popular straightener? Okay. Sorry, uh-huh. I was about to make a joke. Yeah. You know, people always say yeah. Illinois dispensary weed is like boof <laughs> or not good, and I'm like, wow, they're really like leaning into that. <laughs> you know,
1: no, it's uh, that's that's a industry name right now. Superboof came out of California. Okay,
0: uh, originally bred
1: by Blockhead, uh, fantastic strain.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, as you can see, folks, plenty of content, and it's all Illinois focused. So, yeah, if it's Illinois cannabis content you want. Illinois News Joint is the place. We'll have the link in the description, but it's illinoisnewsjoint.com.
1: Check us so. out. We post, we're, we're constantly, you know, changing stuff. We just went through a redesign. Um, big focus this year on, on events and all the stuff that's coming down. So I really do think it's going to be a great year for the industry. I'm, really, I'm just excited to be here. You know, I, I'm excited to be in the industry. I think that's a lot yeah. of what, a lot of the stuff that's missing from people's lives is, is, you know,
0: We've, yeah. uh, we've become cynical. Absolutely. And actually, I didn't even think about that since you just brought it up. I know you have that upcoming event um that ah, that's that uh,
1: yeah, that's under wraps still. That's
0: right. But yeah. but the idea like you said that events could be happening. I'm curious. I know we didn't necessarily um plan to talk about this today, but I just saw, you know, people people are starting to talk about their legislative priorities and selfishly I was hoping this issue would go away, but it's not. Uh, people are talking about. We need uh, licensing for cannabis events and and cannabis consumption. Uh, Here we go. I'm curious. What's what are your thoughts on the topic? I have some thoughts. Maybe you already know them, but I'm just curious. What do you think about this even being a discussion in legislation? I mean, uh, you,
1: know? you know, it's another level of regulation that we currently don't need. Um, I think there are a ton of events that are currently being planned or that were pulled off absolutely successfully in 2023 with open consumption, outdoors, I, I, literally food. hundreds of people, food, music, all in free one weed. place. I mean, yeah. I, free dabs. Free. I had. A, I was at a place. We, that
0: I, we went to an event up. together, didn't we? Yes. Yes. We went to <laughs> yeah. a couple of events together. We were at a couple of yeah.
1: events. Yeah. I, I really do. This was a great year for you know, that kind of thing. I think there is a push. I think there is a positive, you know, I hate to say like there's a positive push for regulation. I think there are people looking for clarity. And I think that is not from our side. It's not from people creating events. It's from mun- municipalities, counties. You know, when I go to a county and I say, I can bring 2,000 people here, but you need to let me allow open consumption, they don't, a lot of these folks don't know the laws. You know, I went to a city here in Southern Illinois or, you know, we went to a city in here in Southern Illinois to work on this and you know, they had to go to their team of lawyers. And it took weeks for them to hash out how we would actually do this and to make sure that it's OK with their city law and county law and Illinois law. It's not clear there. And so we're operating in a gray area, which is awesome for the culture. We can do really, really cool stuff. Um, but I think there is a level of people that do want access to this stuff. There are tourism boards out there that do want access to this stuff that kind of are afraid of it without that extra padding of uh, those regulations.
0: Yeah. Like you say, I just, and you kind of, the way you started it is exactly, you know, where my concern comes from. Uh, It's like, we've regulated the shit out of cannabis already. It's like, God damn, this is the one thing we're kind of, they've got a hands-off approach on. And it's like, as a result, it's, it's been going well. You know, at least when you talk to the people that are doing it, like high minded events and some of those southern Illinois consumption lounges, they were just able to open up shop. You know, yeah. I mean, they did have the yeah. local politics to navigate, but they can deal with that because they know those people.
1: You can talk to a county board a lot easier than I can negotiate with the government of Illinois. Right. Where do I, who do I go to? Who do I talk to? There's no place to start for any kind of business owner, even if you have a large, you know, if you have a large hospitality business. It's still hard for you to go but you can go to a county board you can go to a city board and you can make those arguments
2: yeah
0: yeah so like you say i get i've heard that before as well it's like people just are it, it just sounds like yeah they're they're hesitant because they feel there's lack of clarity on it and i don't know like i say just when i talk to the people that are currently involved in the space they're like don't don't touch it it's working we're we're making money <laughs> you know but then, when you yes. talk to the people that aren't in the space, they say, "But we can't make any money because we can't sell food. We can't sell. You know, they say all these things." But then, I'm not saying everybody has it figured out, but at least Molly's Joint and OK Cannabis has a, a, like a restaurant and are selling food on site. You know what I mean? It's
1: yeah, for sure. It it can work in certain places, right? It, I think, I think a lot of this is enforcement dependent too. I I think if you ask the health department of some of those places, if they really wanted to go in and find a violation with the way things are written, I mean, they probably could, there probably are operating businesses that kind of operate yet again in this gray area. We're not inside the law. We're not outside the law. It's kind of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah. And to that end, I like that the ones down South just let you bring your own food. So, you're either supporting other local businesses or they could even strategically like you to address that concern you just had. Cause I, I definitely thought about that, like having a smoke lounge on the same side as a kitchen and like, let's be honest, air, it permeates everything. So, like,
1: I mean, like, but come on, there's, you know, there's been bars. I can go over to Missouri true. still, and there's bars you smoke inside where there's been cooking for, you know, the past century and a half, two, you know, like forever, Good point. smoke inside buildings and cooking and people have been fine. But again, um,
0: I, I guess I just wanted to say like on both it seems like there are multiple ways to address that concern, yeah. either by doing whatever okay and Molly's ha- are doing or splitting. by yeah. <laughs> right, splitting, exactly. Yeah. Or by just, yeah, encouraging people to go to other businesses and be like, hey, bring your food here type of thing.
1: I think that works better down here, especially because of the, the you know, Okay, mm-hmm. cannabis could you know they have a great bakery. They could, you know, they could survive with their food, you know, with the traffic they have down here. You, you know, a lot harder to do that,
0: right? So, anyways, I was just curious because especially if you got if you are getting into the space, Illinois news joint, like there's nothing, and I know you can't speak completely on no, Illinois no. news joint. You no. know, maybe Jason would want to be here for that conversation, but. You know, you, you get my drift. You get where I'm going. I, I hope it's like just to complete yeah. the thought you're getting in and there's nothing stopping you right now. But if people are talking about this shit, like it's possible that it could get more complicated.
1: I just want to say that, I, you know, I've already been mulling this idea over uh, there's a, there's a lot of cheap property in Southern Illinois, is all I'll say <laughs> for now, there's a lot of cheap property with very easy county boards, my entire count, the entire county I live in, 5,000 people that's it, the entire county. Yeah. I mean you,
0: That's pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: You go and talk to some folks and it's easy. And especially if you're down here on the border where you can get you know, you have these other states that you can kind of ring in. There's mm-hmm. a business argument to be made.
0: Yeah. So anyways, again, I didn't really uh, plan to bring that up, but I just, I saw (laughs) somebody make a post and they were talking about legislative priorities. And one of the things they mentioned, I I was like, oh, it's back. It's It's uh,
1: fucking up events.
0: Yeah, events and consumption. (laughs) So it's like the idea that, again, I don't mean to dwell on this any longer, but the idea that it's, there's not enough clarity on how to open up a smoke shop. It's like, but there is though, look at the Luna Lounge. Look at Three Mile Hideaway. Just get a tobacco retailer's permit. Let them smoke. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, it is interesting that I feel like – I just wonder what that's going to look like. I know I just said I didn't want to dwell on that any longer, but my last thought is – because somebody has been asking why – a lot of people have been asking, why do you need a tobacco retailer's permit? And it's like, because that's the one thing they figured out that they could tax in this consumption equation is the paraphernalia you use because they can't, if you're not selling cannabis there, you know, you can't tax them by the minute. So
1: it's, uh, I I think that there's (laughs) Illinois, especially in this has this, this mindset of extraction where yeah. you know, we have to get something out of everything, every transaction, you know, the government's got to have their take. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that is baked into every single layer of the law. And so that's kind of how they're getting away with it is yes, yet again, the government's getting their take. I, I've, you know, I've seen events at like, like breweries and stuff, you know, where obviously the government's getting some, getting a tax benefit there there's a separate tax benefit to to running a brewery and stuff there's a separate tax benefit to there but they allow smoking in there so it's kind of this thing that yeah that's how it happens
2: yeah
0: yeah so um i felt like i just thought of a relevant clip that we can close the loop uh on that (laughs) uh topic and then maybe we can move on to uh rescheduling um let me just toggle this here Yeah, yeah, this is perfect to close this topic. So it's, I know it's just a joke and I'm not trying to make more out of this than it is, but it is kind of funny that this is the first line that.
2: Thank you so much. It is great to see everybody here. Uh, How many people from out of town? Oh yeah, love to see that. Okay, so uh, first of all, make sure you spend a lot of money while you're here my job as governor uh we have a lot
0: to see uh by the way we have the best we have yeah. the best pizza in the world we do have the best yeah. i take for granted sometimes like I, i've especially in my trip like to nevada and stuff i was looking around for like best pizza places there wasn't one i was like no,
1: there's, no, there's no good yeah i mean like you know chicago new york yeah good yeah. yeah.
0: But even even from Southern Illinois, like there's of course the cliche Quatre. like Casey's, but yeah, you got Quattro's, you got. I know I'm going to get some hate for bringing this up after saying Quattro's. It is it is important that Quattro's goes first, uh, but after that, monocles. I, I think monocles is pretty good for monocles. Like just is fantastic,
1: a, monocles is a, a Midwest classic.
0: Yeah, exactly, in Illinois, uh, yeah. Papa Dell's and Champagne, if you've ever been there. I think that's better than Chicago. Any deep dish I've had in Chicago. Ooh, fighting words. Ooh, shit. Um, Big
1: shout out to Marion, Illinois. Benny's Italian Foods is literal right off the square. Little Italian place. Been there since the 40s. But they make a pizza that's like a flat, thin crust, real crispy. Fantastic. I mean, like, it's that or Fattro's for me. Benny's benny's italian foods next time you are in southern illinois let me let me know we will go to benny's and we will oh, yeah. have some pizza and some cannelloni, florentine and hang out in the square Absolutely, Marion. hell yeah
0: well um let's talk rescheduling which is kind of why we connected uh we yes, were both yes. on the same wavelength and i was like dude let's get on here because uh if Man not my own heart Right, if not for our, for our own sanity, also just to, like, vent, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, agreed. Right, so in hopes that maybe somebody sees where we're coming from, but at the end of the day, it'll just feel good to have said these things. So, All my
1: Twitter's been for a month now is... <laughs> yeah. about.
0: The fucking mania, the misconception. Ah! yeah what's what's gonna happen so anyways let's just give a little bit of background uh and uh feel free to jump in um so in the past i'm not gonna i can't remember if if it was in the last year but in the last year or so uh president biden kind of came out and said hey uh it's kind of crazy that marijuana is in the same schedule as heroin and lsd which wish he wouldn't brought up lsd but um you know yeah, we'll exactly. Get yeah. We'll get uh we'll get there. Um, uh, so he's directing uh HHS to go through the rescheduling process or initiate a, a process of rescheduling cannabis. Um and in that in the same breath, he also like encouraged uh state the states, like governors and states, to decriminalize cannabis, which I think some did follow the lead and like do some expungements and stuff. And he did something else at, at the federal level that I don't believe yielded a, a ton of results, but, but still just wanted to try to include some of the details. Another thing that you mentioned before we went on the air that I do agree is important to mention is that – just to briefly recap before I mention this detail – President Joe Biden directed – HHS what does that stand for something of human services I don't health even and know human services health and human services thank you to start the process of rescheduling which includes a I guess some sort of review and then they pass that information on to the DEA and they do their process and determine I believe whether this is or not...
1: actually up in the the lead up to 22 uh the the lead up to the election mm. and which I think kind of ties into what a lot of this is um is political maneuvering um and in 22 they kind of initiated that they talked about the big release of prisoners that they, yeah. that they were going to do that released zero prisoners the you know, federal prisoners that were in jail per, for possession there weren't any uh, they're all out now because there weren't any um but yeah the the uh and then after that now we, we've we're leading up to yet again, another election here. And we've decided that, uh, it's time to do reschedule. We're going to reschedule now. Uh, but yeah, this was initiated back in the beginning back a couple of years ago where they were going to, uh, he actually, it just told them to, to look at it. He never said reschedule. Right. That was, you know, there, there was a possibility that, you know, de-schedule and stuff. I remember how elated some folks got that like we could completely, you know, we We could do all kinds of crazy things or all kinds of wonderful ideas floating around because he didn't actually say anything. He just had them look at it, review it. And so he came back through and now we've decided the HSS released their documents after some prodding and after a really roundabout way of doing it. Uh, The DEA has stepped in now. They've said, we have the final authority on marijuana because it's part of the Controlled Substances Act. They're totally right. They do. Um, and, And so they will get to... They, they have to release theirs. Um, but yet again, Biden appointed this head of the DEA, and so I believe, honestly, this is some political maneuvering that at the right time this year, we're going to say, hey, we're rescheduling. And I'll tell you why I, I really am reinforcing that idea. There was polling released today, I believe, or at least in the last couple of days, that says that, this will, that folks that were informed about this and what this will achieve, even though it's not much, Um, are going to see what Biden saw an 11 point increase in likability and favorability in the polling. And so people see this, it it looks like something. It looks like something. You haven't seen any movement in federal marijuana. You know, we have the Cole memo. Hey, shout out. Um, We have the Roerbacher fire amendment, but there's not a ton of real actionable movement. So this looks like something, uh, but as I'm sure we'll discuss, it's not really much.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I guess just for, you know, uh, the sake of doing it, and since it's not that long, let's just take a moment to watch what Joe Biden did say. I found the minute, 32-second yeah. oh, clip. Um, yes. okay. And by the way, the the detail that you did mention that I thought was important for folks, I just want to underscore it in case it flew under their radar. President Biden did appoint, as you said, uh, the the what is it the lead person and milgram right, I don't know head where, of the DEA, yeah head of the dea yeah so here is the clip
2: as i said when i ran for president no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana it's already legal in many states and criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment to housing to educational opportunities and that's before you address the racial disparities around who suffers the consequences? While white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionately higher rates. So today, I'm taking three steps to end this failed approach. First, I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal, offense, federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people who are convicted for marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction. My pardon will remove this burden on them. Second, I'm calling on all governors to do the same for state marijuana possession offenses. Third, the federal government currently classifies marijuana as a Schedule I substance, the same as heroin and LSD, and more serious than fentanyl. Makes no sense, so I'm asking the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Even as federal and local regulations of marijuana change, important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales should stay in place. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs.
0: So, right, he, he did not say rescheduling or descheduling, as you said which is why for a while there was a little bit of hype on like, which one is it going to be? You know, it'd be nice, which can we just really quick and I want to give you the floor, but I just want to start this with just briefly recapping the first, like six words he said.
2: As I said, when I ran for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana.
0: So maybe we start there. How does this address that?
1: So it, uh, it does not. (laughs) 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 I mean, yeah, let's be honest. It really doesn't. Rescheduling by itself. uh, Currently won't change much of the regime that's in place. It's easier probably to talk about what it will change than what it won't. Um, We will see. You know, research will probably come easier. There are some severe restrictions on Schedule One substances that researchers, that for years, have had problems getting around. There've been some allowances in the last couple of years to allow them to buy you know, medical cannabis and, and certain things, but we're still not there. And so, Schedule Three that would really be fantastic for universities. Uh, it's a lot easier to get that kind of DEA license where you can, and you know, handle and use Schedule Three substances as part of studies than it is a Schedule One. That, you know, it's almost impossible to do that took maps you know you think about almost 30 years now just to get a little movement on that kind of idea and so it it will help that and then there's the federal tax benefit and so current marijuana operators in every state in the country that have legal recreational legal medical uh, fall under something called 280e the irs will not allow them to deduct their business expenses as part of their Marijuana businesses, and so, like, let's say that you, you and I, we start up a marijuana shop. We get, you know, blessed by the Illinois government. They give us a license. They said, "You guys are just so cool. Here's a cool license." And so, and so we are going to spend a million dollars, and Mike's Weed, and we're going to build out a, an operational facility. We can't deduct anything on the inside there that we build out, which a normal business can they say these are expenses they go against our profitability and so at the end of the, the year you really shouldn't you know tax us on this because it's we're paying out and so marijuana businesses do not enjoy this and so what this will do is reduce the amount of federal tax money that is received from marijuana businesses uh, because schedule three substances will not have the same kind of protection Um it also will open up the floor for safe banking to be a lot easier to pursue. Uh, one of the biggest restrictions there has been the way that the federal government recognizes schedule one substances. And so this will allow for that to be passed a lot easier. Um, and then outside of that, there's really not much that's gonna change. Uh, there was even a congressional study that was just released. We, we were talking about that earlier, that, that says that this will still still be federally illegal. The pharmaceutical companies cannot come in and, and take this over and say, you have to go to a pharmacy to get it now. You have to get a doctor's prescription. People believe that. I, I don't understand why, because you have to get a drug FDA approved. Typically, there's almost no plant medicines that go through the FDA approval process because of, the way, because of how strict it is, because of how stringent it is, that allow for that to happen. And, and so yet again, we're left in this kind of gray area. Um, but what this does achieve is it's a great big thing for Biden to trot out on the campaign trail and say, we, we got them boys. I've made those promises four years ago when I ran for president a- and you know, here we go. I'm delivering kind of, you know, we're not actually doing anything a- at the end of the day. What really, you know, I think what's going to burst so many people's bubble is that this is what progress looks like. It's incremental. Right and it's slow and it's tiny and it's just little pieces but this is progress
0: what's funny is that there's not going to be any competing candidate other than like i don't mean to like throw a name out there but like maybe like robert f kennedy that could like intellectually counter this idea and i don't even know if he could honestly i'm just assuming he could because it seems like From my perspective, he'll get some of those issues at a deeper level than most politicians would, but I could be completely wrong there. So I'm just making shit up, honestly. But like my what I'm trying to say is that like he could trot that out. And I don't think anybody would be able to challenge him on that and like really get into the nuance of what we're discussing right now. Like you just said, there's not really there are differences for if you're in the business or want to be in the business.
1: There's already whole Polls out saying this is gonna help him with voters. There's already polls that say this is a positive for Biden. Even when people are told how restrictive it is, what it really doesn't achieve much, they still see this progress. People who do not spend every day talking about marijuana and reading about marijuana and thinking about marijuana and the industry and the plant and all this other stuff, they they really just see this kind of slow moving iceberg, you know, that that you know, a few years ago it was legal here, and a few years ago it was and then it was legal in Colorado and then it was legal in Illinois and then it was legal and it's, it's kind of slowly moving and the federal government slowly making their decisions. That's what pe- most of the people who shop at dispensaries, most of the people, that's what they see it as. They don't have time to think about right. the intricacies of the federal government or their law concerning marijuana at all. But, you, know, I, you know, I've worked behind the counter in dispensaries. Uh, I actually currently have a little job right now, taking a little part-time job just to get back behind the counter. I, I miss that. And so uh, I work with people all the time who who come in and ask basic questions about what's happening. Don't understand re- you know rescheduling at all because it, it in the end, it doesn't really affect them. I, you can come in and get your marijuana. It's the people in the industry who are gonna have to push this forward and who are gonna have to make a big deal about how this is not a big deal.
0: Yeah. And in some respects, it is nice to see some energy. Uh, regarding these topics, but as you said, I don't know. There's a lot of like, um, a lot of people are scared. And the argument that I've that I've made that I saw you shared was like, we're already disregarding the Controlled Substances Act, so why are you worried at all about your state-run programs I, I if that's understand. what you're worried about? If that's what you're worried I
1: about, I think there's there's I think there's always a fear, yeah, especially from people in the cannabis industry. And How'd back to your
0: back to your point about FDA approval and all that stuff. I don't think there's ever going to be, and if there will, I don't think there's ever going to be like um a plant based
1: Well, there already has been. There, you know, that's what people don't know. We we have a pedalex We have we have well, these tastes so fair... that are like just a THC spray. Right
0: i i mean to say there's not going to be like a flower that you get and grind up. And the reason I say that is, and there might be though, there might be, I could be wrong because just well, like there's like a, we were talking genetic modifying, right? Like we were talking about before the show, like there might be as just like there's Roundup ready corn. It does. That doesn't prevent you from growing corn or consuming corn. It's just that whatever company owns that Roundup ready corn. Right. Um. The so the problem
1: with that is like even plants, we'd have to get to such a level of sameness, such a level of uniformity across products. And that's why there are products that are derived from marijuana. We've had Marinol for since 1988. That is a synthetic THC. It was created by the pharmaceutical companies. This is what they can create, you know, given the freedom to do it, this is what they can make. It does not compare to what the plant medicine is. And so I don't see the threat. That's your threat. It's been there for years.
0: Right. And that's kind of the point I was trying to work around to is like, what they are able to make is a homogenous solution that is standardized. But when you're talking about experience, and if you know what the if you know what the original cannabis experience is, which is what a lot of these people seem to be upset about and afraid that we're going to lose, you know that yeah, those solutions that they come up with. I Don't know this like from a first person perspective, but I've heard about what I think you just alluded to that, like Marinol, for example, is not great. Like, you'd think, Oh, 100% THC, it's gonna be awesome. And it's like, No,
1: incredibly unenjoyable. This is a this, so there's a video from like I can't remember, it's very early, very early vice when they were doing really very interesting things. Uh, you have to go look at it I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. But a woman takes. She smoked marijuana, ex- describes the experience and does it mm-hmm. on camera. Then they inject her with like, I can't remember how much pure THC. And she has just the most absolute freak out react, just a super anxiety attack. And they had to give her like, you know, benzodiazepines to calm her down. It was almost like a, some kind of a borderline psychotic reaction from the straight THC uh, is that, you know, the plant has, the plant is a full compound. The plant is a, there's 400 plus chemicals that occur inside the plant. You're not going to, we are just not there technically yet. We can't do what mother nature can do yet. Yeah. I believe that someday 50, 60, 75 years, totally possible. We're not even close.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess the only thing I could see, and I don't know exactly how they'd pull it off. Cause obviously there's like nuances to this, but if I could just, try to put myself in a doomsday scenario about this re- rescheduling thing the only thing i can like come up with in my conspiracy theory brain is that it won't be immediate like okay so pharmaceutical brands will get involved and slowly but surely they'll develop these like i say stale solutions that don't really meet the needs of any consumer maybe maybe they meet the needs of some like medical purposes, uh like specific narrowly focused me- medical purposes but i think like just to be a conspiracy theorist it would be like a few years and they'd like start bankrolling a bunch of cash and they'd be like all right now what we're going to do is we're going to go after like cannabis like it's going to take a little bit but they're going to be like all right You know, this black market, it's so dangerous. Like, use all the tactics that people have been using with like Delta 8 and everything. Just be like, we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know what they're using, you know, stuff like that. But, but I just want to acknowledge the shortcomings, even in my conspiracy theory. Like, that would require dismantling these ideas of the state run markets. Again, you'd have to somehow prove that like the testing is bad, or I don't know like how they'd pull it off. But
1: I I just don't think there's going to be. There was recreational, you know, uh there, here's one of those things that like we're not gonna get to that that market level. People have to start comparing it to alcohol. There used to be recreational alcohol. You know, there during the depress or during uh prohibition, there was medicinal alcohol, and that's how some of these right. places stayed open. It's like literally it, it it had this this whole thing. And actually there are still uh, there are still hospital codes. My mother told me that she was a nurse for years and years. There's still hospital insurance codes for beer uh, to get people out. So this stop the DTs, uh, to stop people from detox to going into detox. There's actually insurance codes, health codes, so you can put into in people's insurance for beer. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we'll get to that. We'll get to that kind of point. We're like, yeah. yeah, in a in a kind of weird about way. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, You can kind of get marijuana in the medical system. Uh, The insurance will kind of pay for it if you code it right eventually. Um, But there'll still be a thriving recreational market that has its own thing, that does its own thing, that is its own world. Uh, People don't realize that the cat's out in the back. Uh, People people do not see... There are billions and billions and billions of dollars moves things in a way that people just don't understand. Um, Yeah. That's what I think the fear is unfounded. I, I think that you know the government sees the value in this for their own profitability. Um, I don't think locking it down is the way to go. I don't think they see a lot of issues with the current expansion. Uh, and so this is kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Like, do you think these companies will get involved in that space? That's another thing that people say that they like somehow make a relation like, okay, now this big company is going to be in big pharma. Like, do you think they're just going to kind of stay in the state game? Or do you think they're going to try to like make some moves and get a schedule three license? Cause like you say, it's kind of easier to get.
1: Yet again, I can't get FDA approval on a plant. Right. I can get FDA approval maybe for like a narrow thing for seizures I could a hundred percent see a cannabis-based medicine procedures as based on some oils that could be the same uniform thing every time. Um, yeah. Do
0: you think they'll do something like that? Do you think they'll like yeah. get a contract yes. with like a college or something? However, the hell that works.
1: <laughs> I think hundred percent that will. I think a hundred percent that will happen. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't know if it'll be the state guys. It'll probably be the pharmaceutical companies. Mm, yeah. They'll do a, li- a little bit more experimentation. Um, yeah. but we're not going to shut down the recreational market. We're not going to turn off billions and billions of dollars. We're going to shut all these states. We're going to take away all their money because we've decided we're going to FDA restraint. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it, you know, this is what incremental progress looks like. It, it's kind of disappointing to be honest, but yeah, you know, this is what it is. Um, it's going to be slow and it's going to be painful. And yet again, People love to use this for re- for the reelection, especially the Democrats, especially over the last I, twenty years since, since I've been interested in politics. That you know, we're always trotting out this idea of marijuana legalization or possible decrim, you know, decrim or some, doing something with it. But they're always keeping they're keeping a little bit, so they can always do something in two more years. Or in four more years when we have to run for president again? What do you come out with next time? Now we're scheduled five, Rose. Now we made a new schedule. We've created the marijuana schedule. All right, now we're going to put it under the ATF. All right, you know, in, in 10 years, where are we going to be at? That's what this is. It's, it's keeping a little bit to your chest so that, you know, you've always got a lo- another card to play when it comes to marijuana because they, it, with the voters, it's a big issue. Almost 80% of Americans, including Republicans and almost all age groups, are, are pro-legalization, or at least medical legalization, at least some form of much more liberal than what we are now with the plant. And so you know, it has a value politically. And they're going to squeeze that one. And they're going to get every last single drop out of this issue that they possibly can. I, I really believe that's what this is.
0: Yeah. And you're a fountain of optimism tonight, uh, Leslie. <laughs> I think we both are. Um,
1: this is how I really feel about the industry. I'm so positive about the industry. Yeah. I, I am glowing about it. We're. I, I tell people all the time, this is a holding period. This is a cash grab right now. Yeah. Uh, things will get better. Things will get 100% better. You read about the time right after Prohibition. And again, I always tie back to the alcohol because it's an easy comparable market. People who say it isn't are, are wrong. Cannabis is much bigger because of the medical applications and other applications, for sure. But at least the base explanation of recreational substance use, alcohol is a good comparison market. It's so a look right after Prohibition. There was these giant companies for years and years and years that put out pretty subpar product. You know. And then during the 80s, we had this giant craft boom. That, that brought smaller, more interesting, you know, that's where our craft IPAs and all this stuff came from. That's eventually what our market will look like. We'll have a big hourglass-shaped market with a bunch of big-ass players up top where you can go down to the gas station and get a pack of Marlboro Greens or whatever. They're 4% THC or something. And you can also go down to the Cannabis Club or, or the grower co-op and meet a farmer who grew this, this strain that he's been taking care of for years. We're just not there yet. This is part of the, you know, the March progress. It's gonna be slow. I, I just think that's, you know, when I got to Colorado in 12, I realized how restrictive things were and how slow it was gonna be, you know? Yeah. There's, a, there's just a misnomer to the word green, you, you know, this term green rush. Yeah. All the money right. comes rushing in, but then we hit this wall and that's where we've been for a, a long time. And, you know, to be honest, it's nice to see a little federal progress.
0: Yeah, I also just love seeing, as you say, this is a holdout period, and, uh, you know, this is just like me. It's hilarious to see these operators squirm because of hemp, because as you say, they're holding out. They they want to make they want to like keep this like artificial system going on where they're protected, and then all of a sudden people start selling like THCA, and they're like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing? You're just selling weed." Like, I don't even I have, have my shop I, open
1: yet. Bro, as, as somebody who, like, you know, inside reporting on shit on the industry and stuff, people are vicious. People are vile. I, I mean, they they say all kinds of horrible things about hemp operators. It just blows my mind. I'm like, we created this system. We created the world they have to live in. Why would you do this? They're just business people. We got to feed their family, man.
0: Yeah. Just, Some, somebody said it. I can't remember. Oh, it was somebody I just spoke to, Stephen Philpot. Uh he'll be on the podcast here soon. Um, in the episode, he said something to the effect of like, what what is interesting about this issue is yeah, that people do go at each other when we have to realize that like we didn't make that rule. The government did. Like, so like why why are we going at each other? And it is interesting because I've had I've talked to some perspectives that had the perspective that you're talking about where at least as a licensed operator they were kind of talking shit about the hemp operators and like wow you're just gonna fucking sell this direct to consumer what the fuck man we had to go through all this shit then they were like you know what i'm gonna do this too because they realized yeah. like why not yeah know.
1: but if you're somebody who's bent over backwards to appease the government to get yourself a license cost yourself thousands of dollars tied your family up your gut your, your entire business up for years you're kind of tied in this area where you can't really talk a lot of shit about the government. And so who do you go after the people that you can? Uh, Sadly, that's just part of business. I I hate to see that. Um, I listened Mm -hmm. to a fantastic talk. I believe that you were also there at the cannabis symposium last year, cannabis and hemp symposium at SIUC. Uh, Dr. LeMay gave about this tie between or, or this competition between the, the culture of these old head growers and the current scientific wave of people that are pushing into hemp and cannabis and, and how the answer is to work together. How you know, We really want to push this further. We really want to get the most out of this. It, it's time to start linking up with each other and talking to each other and, and learning from each other instead of, you know, shitting all over each other's because of wherever you're coming from. Right. And instead, you know, it's this real, like, I get this real, you know, Buddhist heartfelt thing of like, you know connect we all have this love for the plant you know mm-hmm. connect with that you know outside of everybody's business interests and stuff we'll get there but like connect with the we all love the plant yeah you know?
0: hell yeah hell yeah and you know we you kind of touched on this but it was i was going to ask you um just like curious what is what is your outlook on this upcoming legislative session i i almost feel like this upcoming one is a, a just like not even a session because we're approaching an election season. But what do you what do yeah, you think? Do you good. think anything's gonna happen?
1: Oh, well,
0: I mean, we're not gonna get. I know. I mean, you've already seen we got the we got
1: canopy, but... we got canopy growth out. So I, you know, stuff for craft growers. That was a regulatory thing.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how those issues. And I know that that's kind of what they were trying to do. If I take myself back, at least with the craft canopy, when they were pushing for. 14,000 and pushing for like any, they were just looking for clarity on the rules. And I think that's what came through with, with what you're talking about. Like they were like, Hey, here's the definition of how to expand your canopy. So now it's like, they don't have to push for that legislatively anymore. Is that. Yep. Yeah,
1: Yeah. There's some regular, there's a lot of regulatory bend in the law that's, you know, that allows for DOA or IDOA, especially IDOA and IDFPR to, to do some, some real regulatory wrangling wrangling that's uh, I think that there are certain people within that, you know, that there's some political ideas that like, these are things you can step on. These are things we'll do legislatively. These are things that you, you know, even if it's in the law that you could change this regulation, it's in the law that the IDOA could say, could add more licenses. There's, there's no real cap on licenses. It's, They could totally expand the number of medical licenses even for growers or dispensaries. Mm -hmm. IDFPR can. They choose not to because that's a legislative thing. That's protected by a, you know, there's a political backlash if you did something like that. Um, But I just, I think this year we're going to see, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of. Yeah, I just feel change. like there hasn't been a lot. Of, there's been, you know, almost nothing introduced that's interesting.
0: Right. Yeah, I've not seen anything like, oh, my God, like that gives me any energy. Like, I, I really wish that because there is this laundry list that everybody that they've been pushing for. Like, I'm going to do it off the top of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. Curbside for all dispensaries, not just medical, because, of course, that just came to be permanent. So right, they want for all. Yeah. They want medical for all dispensaries, not just you know be. adult use. They want events and licensing. I'm saying they. It just seems like that. That's always the push. It's like all the groups that push for things. It, it seems like it, this is always the list. Um, it might it was nice craft. It was craft expansion. There was that transporter mem- like halt thing. Moratorium. For yeah. Which the moratorium. We passed which whatever yeah so but like you say i wish they would like kind of like because that list keeps coming back i wish they'd like take that list and then put it in a a bill with home grow it'd be like hey we want all these things and we wanted them for a while could the community just give us this and we'll give you home grow <laughs> like
1: i have a feeling you'd just shut you'd just shut this whole damn thing down if they got home grow bro you would just, <laughs> just right. turn it all off right. and, and just go grow your weed somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah i think so I think so. Yeah. I'd be like, folks, yeah. we made it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no plant limit.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Treat it like tomatoes.
0: Yeah, those are house. those are my dreams. We'll, you know, as you say, with incrementalism, we'll see if we get some like bite sized version of that. That would even make me happy if we just like
1: your lifetime tomatoes.
0: Yeah, I hope
1: so. I think so, bro. I think so. My lifetime tomatoes. Yes, hey, yeah. we'll get there.
0: What are you know? Obviously, there are the cl- we could you know we have made our opinions on limited license markets versus open license mark open license markets time and time again. We've made it clear that we we believe that the better, the more people that are able to participate exactly. Uh, you know that's just more consumer friendly if you're able to just let people participate and fight for the consumer's dollar. It's
1: long-term business-friendly too. It allows for real businesses to flourish. Competition is important to businesses. The health of a lot of the businesses that are currently in the marijuana, it, it, in the entire cannabis, you know, industry, is garbage. I, I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of these folks don't have profitability. You know, there's. It, it's pretty shocking. You know, that, some of that is tied to 280. Yet again, I'll give those folks that. Um, but. Yeah, there's a lot of basic business health that's that's you know we're not picking the best people because there's no competing offer, and so right just whoever has right. the license that who gets the business that's it.
0: Yeah, and it's so crazy that uh, let's yeah do this for a second. What I was about to ask you was: is there anything else? Because we talk about open and open and limited. Uh, I at least talk about it all the time. But I do want to just crack into that for a second. I'm curious, since we've paired the idea of market share with social equity in this state, isn't it, I don't know, I I don't mean to go back to the conspiracy board, you know, like the Charlie Day meme where he's like drawing the things, but isn't it crazy? Isn't it a crazy coincidence that social equity is apparently the exact same business model that like these big companies that, loved the CRTA have like yeah. limited competition. Like isn't it a crazy coincidence that that is what social equity is apparently?
1: That's what pays. I mean it you makes sense. To... But if you have so... stockholders, if I had stockholders that I was you know culpable to, mm-hmm. I have to do that. I legally am, am fiduciarily responsible to those people to to act like an ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I really am right. That's how you get all these slash sale past CEOs and stuff is like, but that's our version of that. You have to do that. It's part of the business.
0: I just want to take this conspiracy theory a level deeper just because we're having fun. I think that the reason that they're called craft cannabis licenses was just to get people excited about the wrong thing. Like they're like, when's this craft cannabis going to come out, man, this crap. I think they should have, this is what I'm calling them now. Small scale cultivation licenses. Micro licenses
1: is what Missouri calls them.
0: Yeah. I don't even want to they call them that because people are even, deno- I, I I know it's unfair. I, I just hate that people denote quality based off of the name. And it's like, no, let that like.
1: I mean, yeah, that's the same thing with craft breweries. Though. I was there's about to say, that's where I was like, it's
0: kind of great. Right. You
1: know, there's a lot of trash craft breweries too. So it's this idea of like small scale, what it means with the definition and stuff.
0: That's um, a really good point.
1: Yeah, small batches. I assume people think it will mean smaller, which it will mean. It will mean smaller batches, smaller amounts. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I some people tie that word with, with quality. They should not, not in this world, in any form, anywhere you see the word craft, please do not tie it to quality anymore. It does not mean that.
0: Right. <laughs> well, and just to kind of round but out. But there
1: the- are some quality producers. I want to say that, you know, I've seen a market increase in quality from some of the, craft producers that are small scale of course this is going to be you know their first showing so everybody you, you put your best foot forward of course
0: right um, i was gonna say that stuff we tried at what was it the great harvest by uh um, yeah IC icc yeah ic yeah. collective that yeah, was pretty good stuff and like you say it. then maybe that's the best foot forward or whatever we'll see if they keep that wow. bar yeah,
1: I, I've seen some fantastic stuff for I'm very interested, very interested in like old school genetics and stuff, gonna bring some headband here, I'm always for that kind of idea, um, I wish we had a better tax structure, yet again, now, this is one of those things I say about like, reviewing and, and all those things, Is like, I wish things were perfect, I, I wish we had the best possible market in the world, and I wish it was a completely free market, uh, there are a ton of people obviously by the amount of weed we sell that go to dispensaries in the state that are in that market in yeah. the culture yeah. we we do not cater to those people and we 100 percent should because that's how we normalize weed that's how we get better quality that's how we get more freedom is we you know you bring in the average consumer you teach them you know you help them understand why we're here and what we're doing and why it's important you know the difference between craft and the difference between rescheduling and all these other millions and millions of other things they should, they should find out about. Um, but we have this idea that like, well, if you go to the dispensary automatically, there's a certain set of people who just completely will, you know, your, your opinion is invalid. You went to the dispensary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'll say about that. This is what I say about that. Cause I don't agree with that opinion. Some people have even attributed that opinion to me, Um, And I will say that my opinion can be a little bit on the nose, but I like to, to say this so that people realize I'm like throwing myself under the bus in this. So hear me out on this. I choose not to go to the dispensary because I truly do believe that when you go there, typically speaking, just based on the retail fronts that are open and the operators that are there, you know you could make the argument that you're supporting the continued criminalization of cannabis because of the policies that these companies don't push for. Having said that, I still go to the dispensary. As I told you, I went to the dispensary the other day and got some weed and I go every once in a while to get like a cartridge. I like, I like cartridges. I like to always have a cartridge and I don't have a good cartridge guy. And I don't know if I ever will. Like, I don't know. It just feels better to get cartridges from the dispensary. So anyways, um, the point I make is that I also drink Coca Cola. I love Coca Cola, and I'll be damned if I don't have a meal without one. Um, oh my
1: god, brother! That's so bad for you. Holy shit!
0: Oh, it is. I know. I know, but it's so good, and um, it's delicious. But it's also
1: Cold Coke on a summer day, bro. Oof.
0: But they're they're one of the biggest polluters. Is the point I'm wrapping yeah. around to? So I feel awful drinking a Coke. So that's that's the relation I make. Is that I drink Coke, I love it, but I also feel a little bad and that's how i think people should feel about the dispensaries at least right now
1: <laughs> i don't like driving like a, you know i don't like driving a gas car but uh-huh. i don't have the, you know i don't have the i don't have the financial stability to go buy an ev right now uh, right. i live in a very rural setting so it'd be very difficult for me to do that and just uh you know there's a lot of consumerism guilt you just have to live with go to, uh-huh. go, to go to any grocery store uh, you <laughs> everything everything is tied to all kinds of bs um yeah. And I, think I guess recognizing I'm just that is important too, right? You know, I think calling out these companies, and that's why I'm completely honest with a lot of the things I say, uh, you know, about the way the law should be and the way that we should, you know, the things the, the way that we should push things is much, much more liberal than we currently have it. Um, right. but yeah, I, I think we should recognize that there's just there's a lot of folks that don't even know that. There's a lot of folks who are like, damn, cool, weed's legal, uh-huh. the dispensary's there. We should appeal to all those people. We should a hundred percent because appealing to those people and reaching out to them.
0: Oh hey, your sound just went out on that last word. You said appealing to those people and reaching out. I'll pause it here just for a second. Sorry about that. The mic cut out for a second. So
1: technical difficulties. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know helping those people understand that's how we get more weed people to come into our side of thinking um i think that's the benefit of legalization yes is that it it removes that stigma and us going out there and pursuing those folks is how we get to you know the utopian grow it like tomatoes
0: i cannot agree more and there's this project i did that i actually never really released publicly it's on my patreon page where i interviewed consumers and it was so crazy to talk to consumers that, you know, yeah, they're just going to get weed. And I I just ask them simple questions like, Have you have you ever shopped anywhere else? And they're like, Yeah. I'm like, How do you feel that compare that that experience compares to here? And depending on where they've shopped, usually it's like, Oh man, this Illinois is kind of weird. And then I'll ask, Do you feel like you have like a lot of choices? No, no. But some people will say yes say well there are plenty of uh plenty of things there's so many things that i don't even know what to choose so but it is like when you start to ask like do you feel like what have you typically paid in other markets compared to here and that's when it's like well it's a very expensive here and it's funny people that have been from illinois for a while but they're like but that's what i expected you know i'm from illinois it's, so illinois. it's illinois and the roads
1: like, suck and everything's costly
0: but to your point, when you have their ear there, because it's like, okay, we're on the same page. Did you know that that's almost like a feature of this market? And then they're like, oh, "Well, of course." They'll either say, "Of course it is," or they'll go, "What? Tell me more." You know. <laughs> um, and either way, it's a fun conversation. But I think to your point, just back to you, like, I I do believe that that's how we can continue to achieve this. Normal normalization. And that's why I'm excited for these like events. Cause we went were you at the Blue Island? Yeah, you were at the Blue Island yeah, Urban yeah. Legends.
1: They're at the Urban Legends. I was one of the guest judges.
0: And I mean, not only the foundation yeah. of that event, which shout out to High Focus Media and the Illinois Cannabis Consumer Association. Um, they're one of the only, I have to say, one of the only like advocacy slash associations that I'm aware of that like have said they love the idea of home grow and they push for things that are only for the consumer. It feels, you know? Um, I mean, you could say that maybe some of the consumption stuff they're pushing for is also for business owners, but, but the spirit of it is from the conspiracy yeah. from the, uh, consumer. And so I got to give them kudos. Uh, but anyways, that, that event and things like that, when you get people together and you can kind of talk about the shit we've been talking about, um, you know, all the shortcomings and everything else. And then you get a circle together and people are going, yeah, that is fucked up. You know, that, that's what gets you the energy. Like you say, to hopefully make that world where it's like tomatoes.
1: Yeah. I I really do believe we'll get there. Um, I I have always felt this way about it. People say, Oh, you're so optimistic about the market. Yeah. I I have always felt this way about it. Uh, That cannabis is on a forward track. And we are, you know, there is a lot further to go, but it's going to take a lot further than everyone thinks. Um, You know, Illinois special, I I think we always suffer too from, we went early. And so now we will look at all these other states that have much more liberal policies, even Missouri, which I constantly talk about because I'm so involved in their market, but God, it just drives me wild how consumption events, dispensaries, micro grow licenses, infusion license, all these other things, Missouri does better than us. You know, taxes, allowances, it's just wild how a state that's supposedly conservative just destroys the liberal state on liberalizing cannabis. That just, I, you know, and yet again, I think that's a reflection of the politicians chose our cannabis laws. The people chose their cannabis laws in Missouri. You know, there's, there's a real, you know, tie up. Yet again, it's one of those Illinois things. That's Illinois.
0: Yeah, that's Illinois. Well, maybe this is a fun thing to, to close on that, again, I didn't even think about, but just because I like talking about these topics with you. And we slightly touched on hemp, I think, but um, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read this. I think this is the same reporter that I saw predicted the re- rescheduling thing would come out in the next few weeks. You know, they heard word on the street or whatever. And now – uh, they're sharing this, which I thought was interesting. Um, if the cannabis industry is looking for the next farm bill to ban intoxicating hemp-derived competitors unleashed in two, I don't know what that means. They may be disappointed. Um, <laughs> and it's saying that you know a farm bill may not, yeah, come or include anything like that. And one of the things that I thought was interesting he said looking for this. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting prediction. I can't find exactly what I was looking for, but thoughts. So hemp has always been
1: my, I've always been super focused on hemp. I, I really do think there is uh, you know, that's how we'll backdoor a lot of stuff into the federal government. Um, I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes. I, I think there is a thriving yet again. There's there's a lot of money that's being produced, and, and so I think there's a lot of folks that aren't going to uh, have that incentive to change the laws. Um, farm bill comes up every you know every now and often. So you know we got this extension until September 30th of this year
2: before yeah. we pass
1: the new one. So we're gonna they're currently going through a. It's, there's the farm bill takes years to write. It's well, the process of of constant talks that are they're always happening, and then eventually we all get together and we put it all on paper. Uh, that's kind of how the farm bills always worked. These, these ag committees, um, and so there's already an idea of what will happen. And yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be a ton around intoxicating him. I do think they're going to push it to the states though. I think they're going to push that idea that like right. ban it, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought this was interesting. This kind of adds to your point. Um, Farm bill isn't the right piece of legislation to tackle intoxicating hemp, and no other agency has their act enough to address a fairly poorly understood niche. Yep. Status quo hemp will continue. And this person said what you just said. I tend to agree. I also think federal lawmakers will mostly point to the states passing hemp based regulations and declare it the state's job. And I don't know if you noticed, but since this somebody sent me this the other day, since the state hasn't been able to figure out um, hemp yet, I say figure out. I mean, close, close it down, shut it down, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're doing it at local levels now, right? Trying to yeah. do local bans.
1: I've kinda. already seen some very interesting things around, like yet again, health departments and, and food production and gummies and, and certain food products. Uh, tied in with the whole Delta Eight production, and so um, there's already been some federal, some very not federal, but local pursuit that I've seen, um, just based with that kind of thing, where people are told, you know, this has to be approved by us. You, we don't approve Delta Eight. We don't approve any kind of hunt, so you can't sell it because it's not approved. So there you go, <laughs> and that'll that'll be a health department doing that. You know, right?
0: Yeah, I was going to jokingly say. That let them have Delta Eight. I hate saying that though, because that's what a lot of people will say. It's like just make it illegal. Then that's the pro the problem solved. And it's like, I hate making any compound illegal. So I just gonna say that. But uh I was hoping that yeah, it was just focused on Delta Eight and it's just like a local regulation. It's like, all right, whatever, we won't sell Delta Eight. It's so ridiculous how you know
1: <laughs> it's, it's this much weight and and this much is hemp and like I, I play a game with people when we get you know when I'm over at the I, I work when I'm over behind the counter at the dispensary I'll talk to some of the folks that work there and when we get new stuff in I'll go I'll play the game all right how much of this is legal hemp you right. know because you check that delta nine number a lot of it I mean a lot of the stuff you buy uh you know just completely legal hemp man farm bill that's what I tell people if you're ever smoking weed. Out in public, anybody says anything, just tell them Farm Bill. Yeah,
0: You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, obviously, that's not legal advice, but I have heard. <laughs> no, no. That, I am not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, neither and, of us are. Yeah, I
1: recommend,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have heard that even from the state of Illinois themselves. By that, I mean the CROO. They've said that when local law enforcement will encounter an individual that has what they're saying is hemp. Uh, They just kind of let them go because it's kind of on the lawn for on law enforcement to prove that. And I was just speaking to some lawyers about this issue. And from what I hear, the state doesn't really have a way to prove that. Like I've I'm aware of the Illinois Department of Agriculture. They're building a lab. Last I heard, that's not complete yet. Um, But even from what I understand and who I've talked to, even if that was complete, that's the Illinois Department of Agriculture's lab. And I don't, according to what I understand, which I'm not even going to, I'm just going to keep this short because I'm sure there's a lot I don't understand. Uh, since agencies can't share information, I don't know that the Illinois state police could be like, yo, can we use your cannabis lab? We're trying to test and if this is hemp. And probably I, the,
1: the, another level of legislation that would have to be passed in order for that to happen. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the things around legal hemp is that you. Yeah, To round back where we started on this whole thing about consumption being in a gray area, that's where hemp is right now. You're in this gray area. There are a lot of things that technically are allowed. And I I implore people to look into hemp and the farm bill and the things that are currently allowed. But just uh, the current understanding of what chemistry is going on on the the plant um, is very fascinating because there's a lot of freedom that we really aren't talking about right now. You know, there's a lot of folks that are still complaining about how lock things down. A lot of folks don't understand the, the things that you can currently do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think THCA is the biggest misunderstanding. Like people are really missing out because it's just weed. Yes, yeah. Like if you can, you're growing you weed make, at home right now, you're, you are got THCA weed grown. You can make most <laughs> of any weed
1: THCA by uh, pulling it a little bit early
0: yeah well and what Tom Howard told us is actually what these what some of these people are doing is technically I guess the fd or the farm bill only requires that you har that you test at least thirty days before harvest so mm-hmm. if you're really in tune with your plant and a lot of home growers are um or just growers I don't mean to say home growers but they will test that 30 days before harvest. And I guess in the last, I don't remember what Tom Howard says, but it's the, like the last three weeks or two weeks, something like some crazy number of the cannabinoids actually develop.
1: Yeah. So especially with outdoor plants, uh, that's where that, that last window is where terpene development really stretches out, but yeah, very complicated, complicated levels of terpenes happen in those last little bits. And so, yeah, if you, uh, you're testing a little bit early. It's just
0: THCA. Yeah. And back to that point I was going to make about hemp, like you said, with freedom, I I think it's just funny to watch some attorneys react to this. When I was reviewing this footage last uh, the other night when I was editing, I just honestly laughed at this to see them. One attorney was aware of hemp, but the other attorney wasn't quite aware. (laughs) So I just want to show you their candid reaction and hearing like about this, this hemp
1: situation,
0: right? Those with my other two quick points, Uh, the state recently uh, said, and by the state, I mean, the cannabis regulation oversight officer who was appointed by J.B. Pritzker said that local law enforcement has been hesitant to deal with people that have been caught with what they claim is hemp. They don't know what to do with it. So they just send them on their way. And I'm just thinking that's kind of a win for once yeah. for once <laughs> aren't able to harass you just because you say it's hemp you know yeah. and like, oh gosh i don't oh, want to go yeah. to the lengths of having to prove that you know yeah
1: so, yeah actually i raised it in one of my cases involving two pounds yeah it's it begs the question why are we doing any of this you know like what's the point it's like we're because it's a billion dollar industry for this state, and because the state wants to protect its uh, revenue stream that it's getting from the legalized sale at dispensaries. That's why. Yeah. I mean, that was a look of a man who was very excited and had some cases in mind that he was going to go look up some books for because, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just well, blew his
0: mind. And not to. Well, yeah, that actually was the moment after he literally was like, because I said, oh, you can just slap a Delta a THCA sticker on and then you're you're all good because we we were debating the Supreme Court case. Right. Yeah. 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 And I was like, it's funny that all the while this is going on, I like and there's this big debate about containers like there's no like all you got to do. And I am I say it kind of jokingly, but you just put this sticker on and it's OK. Yeah. And he, it was funny in that exchanged what I meant to play. It was a few moments le- before that. I'm not going to go back to play it, but um, he was like, wait, is that real? And uh, attorney Galholtra and I took the, mo- to time, the time to explain, yeah, the difference between hemp and cannabis. And that's when he was like, so why are we doing this at all? And I just thought that was a hilarious reaction because exactly why, like you say, the solutions right here, it's hemp, hemp yeah. for victory. Yeah, I, it,
1: but if you, explain that to
0: people how simple it is it just blows their mind (laughs) yeah it's hard to explain and it's because it's so arbitrary i think that's what it is and i think that's how it passed it was just like like somebody got into the they're like well it's 0.03 or 0.3 and you know blah 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 and people are just like yeah whatever just make it
1: all the confusion around delta 9 and thca and thc is kind of an indictment of the american education system around science and how compounds work and, and that whole problem and and it, not just people but all the way to the upper reaches of government uh do not understand the compounds you know so
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. right now that's for our benefit so yeah i'm gonna show one more moment because i just realized this next like 15 seconds is funny and then i want you to try yeah. to make us end on a positive note somehow after this because this is Optimism. this is this is i don't get optimistic after watching this clip um All right, you know, show me. like what, what's the outlook on repealing the cannabis control act of 1978 what's the outlook on making things like home grow legal and removing arcane ideas of, of possession limits bob do you still feel like the chances are low because that's a competitor to their big revenue stream big
1: time there's no way the general assembly is going to fall
0: for that. What about you, Attorney Bruno? Do you think uh, meaningful reform, as you refer to it, as is is seen as a uh, is seen as competition to the bottom line of the state and these operators? I, uh, of course, yeah. It would have been easier to do ten years ago than it is now. Yeah, yeah. Now I feel like you kind of already addressed this point, so maybe it'll be an easy swing for you. But how do we end this on an optimistic note?
1: So I'm going to spend this back to a comparison I made earlier in the episode. Yeah about the alcohol industry and uh, about how impossibly difficult, this is the reason that there were almost no true craft breweries and the real problem, you know, the real explosion didn't happen until the 2000s. There was a lot of federal and state regulation around getting a brewery license. Uh, It was almost impossible because it was tied up and there was this idea that it was all about taxes, cost thousands of dollars to get a true brewery license in the state. And so all the small businesses couldn't afford it yet again. This is incrementalism, you know, right now. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with them in the next three, four years, hundred percent. I agree. But if you asked me or you asked them in 2010 or in 2008, is it going to be legal in Illinois? How how soon, you know, like, does it look like it's going to happen? No, not at all. When it hadn't happened in Colorado, it hadn't happened recreationally anywhere. Is it going to happen here? Not at all. No, I don't see that happening. A hundred percent. If you go back and ask the same question about recreational ever happening, a lot of folks would say it would never happen. And, and so yet again, you, you know, this perspective about the future is, is just like so impossible to predict. And it's going to take, it'll take time, but I think people will be surprised by what we get. Um, yeah. Yet again, we'll get two tomatoes.
0: Yeah. And I didn't think about the fact that we saw the expansion of craft brewing in our lifetimes that was a really cool yeah. thing from a, from a nothing zero i was super passionate about
1: beer for years It was a sommelier in a past life um yeah. <laughs> before all the the cannabis and retail all the fun things i've done um but yeah the it, it was fascinating that we went from almost no craft brewers in the entire country to a, a very small handful throughout the 80s and 90s and then when the federal government made it easier to make a craft start a craft brewery legislatively and gave that power over to the states, then the I mean the industry expanded billions of dollars. Yet again, happened, um, and we'll see that kind of growth eventually. Uh, the, you know, the levy will break with the states and the, the way that we do things, and I, I believe we'll eventually get it off the schedule, and it'll probably be under the ATF umbrella yet again, and 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 that's how we get it down. It's gonna take longer than people think, but <clears throat> there's this idea, and this is what I tell people. This is the positive thing that I tell people all the time is like legal people think the legalization was the end, that we got there, and this is what we got, and, and this is this is how it's gonna be, and, and that's why people complain constantly, and that's you know, but legalization was the beginning, legalization okay. was the start of, of what we're going to do over the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And eventually, you know, if this is where we're at right now, you know, we can only go up from here. So I I really do think that the future is very bright for cannabis and
0: uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That is a good optimistic note. And not just to add a few more points to what I think you were saying, we get incremental progress in weird ways. Sometimes like, I didn't know this when I brought it up one time, but, I would bring up Jimmy Carter is how we got like homebrew, but I think somebody added an anecdote. I don't know that it's true, so you can like research it. Maybe you don't know that it's true. I'm just gonna float it real quick. Um, they said that he he may have or that may have become a thing because his son kind of got in trouble with homebrewing or something like that. Maybe I'm yeah, I think it was I think it was like his brother. I think it was Billy or his brother. Yeah, something like like that. Yeah,
1: I remember. I've got to go look this up because I remember my dad having these cans of billy beer forever on the shelf. That was like, and I asked him one year, he's like, that was the president's brother. And I'm like, what the?
0: Okay, f- yes. Uh, yes, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. So, yeah, folks, look into that. But it, you know, it's funny how history repeats itself. Uh, you know, because I am wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens again. I even actually did yeah. hear an allegation of something like that happening in New Jersey, some representative put forth. Pennsylvania. I don't know. They put forth a home grow bill and somebody found that one of their like, like their son or something like that had been charged no. with home growing. <laughs> but as soon as it, as soon as their charges were taken away, they like completely dropped the issue of home grow altogether. Like, well, we, we don't need that. That's yeah, of course. Anyways, though. no, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: There's a lot of folks who don't, but understand we might get some progress.
0: We just need to s- Bust, we just need to bust politicians' sons' uh, relatives' defenses, <laughs> so that we yeah, can.
1: Right? I think everyone needs to smoke a joint. I think I'm that you know. I think that's how we get it legal. I think everybody that is of age that the desire so should smoke a joint and understand the stigma's gone. And I think that's how we get it legal.
0: That's a note we can end on. Everybody should smoke a joint. Let's do that. Fuck yeah, brother. Fuck yeah! Cheers, everybody. I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. Leslie. thank you so much for your time and for the great conversation. We'll see you in the next All episode always. of The Cole Memo. Thanks, Take care. Man.